Hi there, welcome to Nix's podcast, Aims for the Stars. I'm Ames Boiler Beach. Would you like to introduce yourself? It's great to meet you today. It's great to meet you. My name is Andrea. I'm Mike. And I'm Terry. Hi there, everybody. Okay, so we're going to start off today and we're going to get into learning about a bit about your background. Um, what is the story behind the name Boiler Beach? How did we come to the buds to find in your name? Well, Boiler Beach is um, a beach and it's about five minute walk that way. Um, which which you guys can't see you because can't see, but it's audio, but it's very close to where we live. <laughs> a five minute walk west <laughs> from our house. So. Uh, when we were looking at a band name, we um, we didn't want it to evoke any kind of genre because we didn't know what kind of genre we were going to develop into. And Boiler Beach is, is very ambiguous. Is that the same for all of you? Did everyone all come together with that one? Well, um, I just I really liked that the name was alliterative because um, that's pretty powerful in marketing and I'm a bit of a, a marketing nut. So, um <laughs> Yeah, it, it made sense to me to go with that, and for the reasons Terry said, because we didn't um, we didn't know what it was going to sound like yet. We just knew that we wanted to do something. So I didn't know actually it was a beach itself, so that's really good to learn. And the fact that you yeah. actually live close to it's even more perfect for you, isn't it? More personal. Yeah, for sure. I used to um, walk along Boiler Beach too with my parents when I was young, so it's um, it's very very close to my heart. That's lovely as well, because then when you play in, it's a, you're working towards your name as well, aren't you? That's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, did you come from a musical family or an artistic family? Um, I did. My dad played guitar when I was young. Um, just, you know, nothing on stages or anything like that. But he would play around the um, campfire and stuff. And my mom was, um, she was very, very good at drawing. So she would draw like horses and um, usually farm animals and um, you know when I was younger she would draw me on the swing or whatever just as she was kind of supervising making sure I didn't break my face <laughs> so yeah that's it for me um, my, my mom drew a little bit but uh, definitely nothing musical in my family it was just uh, just happened to be coincidence with friends that were into music that got me into it and well, my father was a professional drummer uh, when we lived in England and my mother was a ballerina and my brother's a professional sound engineer. So. Uh, so, yeah, I, th I think it runs pretty deep for uh, for me. So everybody's got a little bit of background there where um, just let go there because you've seen it in front of you. Exactly. Yeah, that's I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Right. We become like the. Uh, the five people we spend most of our time with and uh um you know that's from that goes from the parents to and siblings to you know the best friends and stuff so um it's no surprise that the three of us jumped into music when we could that's in it's always great to share your passion then with your family and show how it's grown within you as you get older and they see that through you it's always nice to see bloom between everybody isn't it that's yeah, right for sure um, so have you learned instruments together, all of you, or have you learned in early years as you've been younger or just while you've been in the band? Um, so I've been in music since I was five years old. Um, my parents enrolled me in a music festival here in King Garden, the King Garden Summer Music Festival, um, during its first year. So I went 
I went there every year until I was too old to go. And um, in the meantime, I took piano lessons. And um, when I got into school, I took an interest in choir and singing. Uh, and I had a music teacher who was phenomenal. And she just, um, she saw something in me, um, just a desire for perfection, really, it, when it comes to vocals and just trying to be right on pitch. And, uh, and she really helped to kind of nurture that for me and with me. And, um, you know, she put me in singing competitions as I got older. I was in um, clarinet competitions and stuff too. And um, I had a high school band um, outside of school. I wasn't in band in high school. Um, I did the solo thing for a while. And in, in terms of teaching myself things or being taught, um, it's a little bit from both. So I taught myself how to play guitar and bass. Um, I had a little bit of help understanding how to play piano. And uh, with that, I was able to figure out how to make an accordion sound pretty cool. Um, and uh, pretty much anything else that I've been able to get my hands on and try, you know, give me 20 minutes and I, I can pretty much figure out how it works and, and how to make it sound good. So that's, that's it for me. Uh, well, for me, I came to it kind of late. Um, I started playing guitar around 14 or 15 and did a couple of uh, high school band uh, things and uh, then didn't pick, didn't play guitar for a number of years until I met uh, my best friend who I, I have a different band with. Um, and we've known each other now for about 26 years. And then um, I played mostly bass in that in that project but i've always had a love for the guitar and so with boiler beach we uh we trade off uh andrea and i trade off the guitar and bass uh judy's uh when we're playing live so that's a lot of fun it adds some variety to the show you said duty i did say duty. <laughs> sorry proceed <laughs> i think for me it was just um whenever i was playing music with friends we were just jamming they would do something and I oh I want to learn how to do that so they teach me and um for drums I never there was always just kind of a drum set around and I would just sort of fool around on it and it wasn't really until we started this band that I really started like focusing on just playing the drums yeah so it's, it's really only been four years for it. yeah 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 so you've all come from an incredibly talented route there. It's It's been journeys for all of you there, and it's nice to hear that you've spent time and then your passion's just grown for what you're doing. Um, but to certainly try and take up different um, instruments and not just keep to the same one as well, especially for yourself there, Andrea, and taking on anything you can growing up, it's, it's great then when you can find people in a band that match that and, and want to join in and listen to what you've done and add there what they've learned as you get into that. So it's great to see that journey that you've all gone through there. Mm -hmm. um, did you have the same type of journey with writing or did you all uh, do that together now? I've, I've always been a writer. Um, I started writing poems at a very young age and um, then they just kind of naturally progressed into being songs. I've I would really pay attention to the arrangement of songs um, and, you know, the melodies and the progressions and stuff. And then 
Um, <clears throat> there's, I don't know, sorry, there's some weird nature sounds going on in the background over here. <laughs> it's a little distracting. But, uh, but yeah, I've been writing for a long time, whether it was poetry or music. We do collaborate on the songs. Andrea's the, uh, the main songwriter, for sure. And, and, I mean, there's been times where we're going to a show, uh, my, we'll stop off someplace, Mike and I will go into uh, – into a Tim Hortons to go and use the facilities. And then when we come out, Andrew's like, I got a new song. <laughs> so <laughs> <Wait a minute. laughs> that, that does happen. That does happen. But we, we do also collaborate. I mean, uh, a lot of the, uh, especially the percussion parts, a lot of that is Mike uh, coming up with what he, he thinks is going to work. And we, you know, we, we workshop things and work together. Um, there's a couple of songs that have been, started with uh with a bass line or a or a guitar lick that's come out of of what i've been doing um and we have a couple of other songs yet to be released that are, are pretty much written by me so um we we're very open with that kind of thing the the um the main reason why andrea is the the main songwriter is she has so much it's uh it, she's so prolific it, it it's uh it's crazy it's hard to to uh, keep up with and and we don't even try to keep up with it it's just like oh i have an idea one out of 20 here you go and then we'll we'll workshop that too and and uh, we're really trying to uh keep our sound um kind of broad so that it appeals to a wider audience and uh and not really pigeonhole ourselves very very tightly um so with the three of us working together and, and, you know, bringing different ideas in, it really does kind of add to that variety as well. Um, <laughs> I guess when it comes to songwriting, like Terry said, just the uh, percussion parts. Um, but when it comes to like writing my own music, I, I say over the year, like I, I write at a pace of about one song every eight years. <laughs> so, so and nothing I'm particularly proud of. <laughs> so I just usually stick to the drum parts and I'll throw my opinion in here or there. Like, why don't we try this or try that or, you know, switch these words around or. Well, the like chorus in uh, the chorus in growing up is optional was your, your idea. Yeah, largely your. That was, that was, yeah, you, you came up with yeah. that chorus. Yeah. Right. And that, that really change the direction of the song to be this happy, bouncy, um, uh, summertime song, basically. Yeah. So I contribute a little. Yes, of course you do. You do. And, you and do. your song, Good Old Days, I love that song. That's oh, not one that we do, but I, that's yeah, one that, maybe. that uh, Mike and I we'll put to together the, before I met Terry. So. We'll add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. So it sounds like, Andrew, you've been keeping them all on the toes with all your ideas there. I'm glad they've kept on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very ambitious and detail oriented, <laughs> and, and these guys I think are just like, uh, okay, oh we're doing this now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, wait, what do we have to do now? Oh, okay. Let's do that. <laughs> it's, it's great to see you've all got time for each other's ideas as well, and like you say, you're all getting time to write in there and get some of your choruses in or some of your own songs in, and it's nice that you've all got that time together to do that and just mix it. The big thing with trying to have a successful group that feels engaged in, in the project, I think is having that open mind during writing and uh, a, an attitude of let's try it. And uh, I think we do pretty well with that where um, we'll come together, we'll do something and uh, then there'll be some, some chit chat about it, some discussion about it. 
and we'll try something else and we'll try something different. And then maybe we go back to the first thing, maybe we try a third thing, whatever, but we'll, we'll workshop some ideas rather than it just being rigid. I have this idea, this is how it is. And that's how it has to go. That doesn't really fly with the three of us. We're, no. we, we have some strong opinions from time to time, but it's more about what's best for the song. Yeah. It, it as a, as a collaborative group, um, we have to be flexible, and that is that really is the question. What is best for the song at the end of the day? Um, so, you know, there's no room for ego in music, and I, I say that often, and that's not just when it comes to songwriting or, um, you know, like promoting, like, oh, I'm the best or whatever, or, you know, sharing a stage with people and um, and deciding that you're better. Like, there's there's no room for that because it's, it comes down to a collaborative effort and it comes down to community and supporting each other. So yeah. And supporting each other's artistic visions as well. Definitely. And it's like, you do see that amongst the community more now, a lot more people are keeping the egos to a low and more about sharing everybody and enjoying yeah, that. For sure. mm-hmm. But I think it's about being humble in yourself. And when you get to that time where you are humble in yourself, you're not out for ego. You're not out to impress anyone because you want to get out what you're trying to say more. That's the mm-hmm. point of what you're trying to talk about and what you're trying to make your music about. It's a totally yeah, different turn around, isn't it? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And we decide, decided very early on, basically right after our first show, that what we wanted to do was to help people have fun. It's It's not about you know, being serious and, and important or um, whatever. It, it's about having a good time. And, and we find that's really resonating with people. Definitely. And you can see a lot of people trying to have fun together now. It's about the fun. and People are making time aside to say, right, tonight I'm going on social media. I'm not looking to bring anyone down or right. even look myself down a peg. I'm, I'm going out there to have fun and... And you can see everybody's having fun. There's top 25s here, there's top 10s there, and people are just on lists enjoying themselves of where they can be, and they're all amongst together. So it's a great community to see people coming together now. It's been very static for a while. Yeah. Well, especially with COVID, I think people have just been very excited to leave their house and go and be with people, be around people, and have some fun, um, let loose a little bit, and kind of get back to the way things used to be, so... Except with hopefully more hand washing. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't feel well, stay home. And if you don't feel well, stay home. Yes. <laughs> it, it is nice to see everybody together again now and starting to enjoy the outdoors and people can cram in and feel that that warmth that you're used to feeling when you're singing and jumping and you just yeah. yeah. If you're not sweating amongst somebody, it's not right at a rock festival or a rock place. Exactly. Sit. <laughs> and sitting at home, yeah, it is good listening and picking up everybody's songs, but an atmosphere with rock is something you need, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Um, well, you've been talking about how you've come across your musical instrument work and how you've come across writing. How would you actually come across your creative processes? Where does that begin for you? Um, for me, it usually begins with the lyrical hook. Like I'll get words in my head and it's just like, oh, that's that's rather rhythmic. I, that's something I could work with. Or um, sometimes it's a guitar hook that just, it's like, oh, this, this sounds like it could be something. Um, but there's always a seed. There's always a hook that gets me started. And then I just run with it. I build on it. Um, 
so often I'll set up a recorder, um, something to record myself with, and I will just play the riff. If it's a riff that I've stumbled across, um, I'll play the riff over and over again, and I'll just sing random words and see what comes out. Um, and I have the um, odd talent of um, being able to do that fairly quickly, where it, you know, it comes out and the phrasing just works and the rhyming scheme just works and, and it's a cohesive thought. Um, so then from there, you know, I come up, like usually it's the chorus that gets written first for me. And um, then I fill in the verses because then I get to thinking, well, what's this chorus really about? What am I trying to say here? Um, so yeah, the verses are for filling in that uh, more information about what the chorus is actually supposed to mean, at least to me. Um, and then I fit things together, like I'll arrange the song however I feel it's best to arrange it. So like in one case, um, for one of our songs, I put the chorus first because it, it just felt better. Like it felt like the right thing to do for that song. But sometimes it's just like a quick intro and then right into the verse. Um, but there's always a couple of verses and some choruses and a bridge and an intro of some sort and an outro of some sort. And that's how I build the songs that, um, that I make. Um, for me, I guess, like, sometimes I get an idea in my head. Then a couple months later, I'll get a melody in my head. And then if a couple months later it's still in there <laughs> and I have nothing to do, I might sit down and try to try to flesh it out a little bit, but that's, I've never been really great at getting it from my head like through an instrument or onto paper. And that's just why I haven't written a whole lot of stuff by myself. Right. I mean, the couple of things that I've done with this band in particular, um, it starts with a feeling or an idea. Um, so there's a couple of songs that are yet to be released that I wrote that uh, are coming up very, very soon. Teaser, teaser. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're, they're more in a rock vein, but I had an idea, and it's like I, I want a song that's going to express this core idea. And uh, uh, with that in mind, I started just noodling on the guitar, and it was I came up with a riff first and it, it, the, the, for each song, actually. Mm -hmm. And the, the songs were built around the riff and the idea and then we fleshed out the uh, the lyrics to that to express that idea and, and i think both of them came out really really well and there's another song that we have that is released called turn it to 11 and that was um really collaborative because that started with me just playing a uh, an exercise on the on the bass i was just messing around on the bass and andrea's like oh that sounds that sounds like, pretty cool that's that's a song that's a song we that's, could, that's the foundation for a we should song do something with that yeah. and uh, and that first uh, turn it to 11 but that's really driven by the bass line that bass line is the hook in that yeah. song right oh for sure yeah that's it and it's about understanding where you want to go with that together doesn't it but for me when I ask that question to you I do know there's people out there who've made music and they've done it on other people who've given them their ideas and they've not had time to write their own music so a lot of what you say there comes across as really good advice from all of you because you need to take that time sometimes and figure it out but everybody learns in a different manner everyone like you say, you put a chorus first. Like some people might be scared to think putting a chorus first would, would put them off because they don't know how then to sync it back in. But as you've shown, an arrangement that way can work. 
So yeah. it, it's always great advice to show people which ways you can go and how to do that in a, especially a system of a band. Yeah, and I, I think discounting ideas is is um, a fast track to uh, to disaster. The the idea is to be as open minded as possible. I mean, music's supposed to be about expression. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's you know tried and true true rules and formulas and so on, and you can go online and find an AI that'll give you it has to have this that this that this in this order within this time signature within this. Um, beats per minute, whatever, uh, to be successful. But then, you know, you'd, you'd never have some of the, 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 uh, the amazing art that has come out over the last hundred years, right? If everybody stuck to the rules, everything would be completely boring and it, it, everything would sound the same. We, we'd be listening to beat boot music now. Beat like, boot. that's it. Yeah. If, it's too, it. if it's too regimented, there's, <laughs> there's no passion and emotion. Well, that's part of it too, right? There has to be that individuality and, and it's supposed to be exploratory as well. Right, so music's supposed to open um, ideas and open up, uh, you know, boundaries and, and smash down walls, especially rock and roll music. Rock and roll music's supposed to be like you can't tell me what to do, right? And uh, so I think a large part of that is in saying, okay, well, let's just try this this different way. Let's just try doing something completely different. So adding in an extra beat in a measure before the the chorus comes in um you know there's there's so many different songs where it's like that where and i i'm struggling to think of an example but i, I saw one the other day and i was like yeah that's right where the whole song is in four four time except just before the chorus they throw in one uh measure of three four and it just gives you some swing and gives you that anticipation. You don't even know it's being done. Like I heard the song a thousand times, this one I'm talking about, but I never realized it until I really listened to it because it was being explained. I'm like, my God, yes, that's exactly what's happening is the time signatures switch. And it's just because that's how the musician felt. It was played by feel rather than by thought. And that's, I think that's so visceral and so um, organic and so connecting so that people feel, oh my God, yes, that you know that just moves you along. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a different brush stroke. Yeah. See, you're you're great. You just said what I said in 20 minutes and two <laughs> seconds. That's awesome. <laughs> but sometimes people do get stuck up on the dynamics, don't they? And they forget the emotion can be the actual power amongst that, like music and amongst the lyrics they're actually making. It's it's about having that understanding of themselves also yeah Mm -hmm. um so you've talked about how you've got there in music for yourselves what inspiration do you have and what bands or artists do you get your inspiration from um well you know i from a younger age i was really just in love with alanis morissette i um i loved her her style i loved that she didn't seem to be afraid to, you know, speak her mind and share bits and pieces of her journey with whoever needed to hear that in case they were also going through the same thing. Um, she had this edge about her and it was really refreshing, you know, after coming off of like a Spice Girls binge <laughs> and, uh, you know, Destiny's Child and, you know, all those other, the, um, the factory bands, <laughs> I'll say that. Factory bands, the factory, yeah. the factory yeah. bands, manufactured. manufactured bands. Um, so yeah, she was she was raw and she was real, 
and still is. I'm speaking uh, in past tense as though she's not here anymore. She is, but um, yeah, she's she's just always been very raw and very real and um, and edgy and um, really talented. And she's had a long career. Um, and I, I mean, I used to sing along with every single song of hers. I listened to the album on repeat. I don't know. She just had something very, very special. I, I thought she had something very special when I stumbled across her music. I think for me, um, I grew up with uh, my parents' country music. And then um, I think the, the first time when I heard a Green Day song and I thought this, this is what I want to listen to. This is what music is to me. And it probably helped that my parents didn't like it. <laughs> and um, so I just, I really got into that. And then um, Blink-182, when their, their big breakout came when I was, uh, the summer I was 15 years old. And that album was just, it was like the soundtrack to my summer. And um, they just seemed like a band that was just always having fun, no matter what was going on. Like it, it wasn't just about the music for them. It was about the, the journey and everything as well. And just having fun getting there. And, and I always liked that. Mm. For me, I grew up in a household where my, uh, my parents were listening to uh, uh, Barbara Streisand and Krista Berg and uh, Boston and Genesis and Yes and stuff like that. So when I was in high school, well, my brother was a huge influence, actually, before that. My brother was a huge influence. He got into 50s rockabilly when the Stray Cats became pretty big. So he got into rockabilly stuff. And then he switched from that, like, almost 180 degrees into, like, Tears for Fears and Depeche Mode and New Order. And he's really stuck with the electronica uh, stuff um, ever since that. Um and then, you know, I was influenced by, by all sorts of different people in, in high school who were listening to all sorts of different stuff, like from Metallica and The Cult and The Cure to, uh, you know, old Zappa. And then there was the punk crowd. And, and my best friend, Mark, he's a he's a old 70s style punk. So we play um, 70s style punk. So people like The Forgotten Rebels and Teenage Head and, uh, of course, The Clash and uh, Sex Pistols and stuff like that. And um, I, I have a very varied and eclectic uh, taste in music. I, I can listen to practically anything. Um, I really like the upbeat, fun um, feeling of the music that we're doing. Uh, and a lot of that is influenced by a couple of independent bands that I saw over the last couple of years, for me anyway. And that's um, K-Man and the 45s, who are a, a ska band out of Montreal. And um, uh, My Son, the Hurricane, which is just a, a fantastic 14-piece brass hip-hop funk fusion band. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and just the energy and the fun that those guys uh, having their music and on stage when we got together to do this, that influenced my perspective of what we should be doing and how, how we can make this a success and have a good time doing it. Cause I mean, if you're not doing this for a good time, you're, <laughs> you shouldn't be doing it at all. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I spoke very highly of Alanis before, but I, I also have a very um, broad musical library, everything from, 
Tool to Sarah McLaughlin to um, Green Day to uh, you name it. I've I've probably got it in my library. Um, so there's there's just a ton of musical influence. It's it really is hard to pick just one group or performer um, to be that kind of um, inspiring person for you. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. Alanis was like the first one I kind of thought of. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but there's there's so many more. There are so many more talents. Well, people. you ought to know. <laughs> Terry, that was very uninvited. <laughs> what an uninvited pun. <laughs> no, but she was she was incredible. And for for us as youths, as girls, it was it was good to look at somebody who had a little bit of attitude and she wasn't scared yeah. to say what she thought. And we always got taught as girls in, uh, we'll go for the 90s, we'll leave the 80s. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was just a way to say, you know, you can say what you want to. And we didn't see that, like you say, it was a lot of generic Spice Girls and things like that. They just were there for the factory type of thing. I get what you mean with that. Yeah. Um, but no, as well, trying to grow up around music and find your own blend, like you said yourself, Mike, you, it was a lot of country for you, but once you've seen that it was Green Day, you just like a light switched on. It's it's great, yeah. those moments when you find that inspiration. Um, what have been your ultimate career goals yourselves? Where have you wanted to head? Um, well, uh, that's I mean, that's a pretty loaded question. Yeah, uh, it is. It's a good one. Yeah. Oh, it's a great question. Um, <laughs> So for for me, I just I just want to seize every opportunity that makes sense for us that um, is going to push us further and challenge us to do bigger things. Um, and I, I've said for a while now that you know I'd love for for Boiler Beach to become a household name and um, be able to employ like 50 people and that's just like a, a number that I plucked out of the sky but yeah. but that to me sounds like a lot of people that we could potentially employ with um with this project uh and it would just be so cool to have a team all working toward this uh, same goal that puts us in every home I just and, need two guys to carry my stuff yeah <laughs> um uh but on a more personal note um I'm a big fan of personal growth and a lot of the themes that are in the music that I write are around that. So uh, I have two stepkids, Terry's, Terry's kids are my stepkids and um, I kind of just want to be the voice in their heads when they are feeling like they don't fit in or when they are feeling, you know, like, um, oh, what's another good example? If, if they happen to find themselves in a relationship later on where it's an unhealthy kind of love or it's not love at all it's just this unhealthy um loosely defined love that isn't love um so uh the messages that i put out with my music i'm i'm hoping that they fall on the right ears and um that i feel like any anyone that we would talk to i feel like they would be able to relate in saying well you know i didn't really understand um when i was younger and i had these challenging times within these situations and um you know maybe something that i've written maybe it's going to land just right and then you know that person is going to have an easier time because they discovered boiler beach so yeah 
My answer is pretty simple. I just want to do it for a living. Yeah. I, I just, I just want this to be my job and just, you know, earn enough money to support the family and. Oh, and make like enough money. Yes. Damn. Yeah. I was going to say, you can do it as you're living now if you want. You yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> you have to live under the deck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's about trying to build it so that we can uh, support ourselves and, and hire some staff and, um, and contribute. Uh, it's, uh, we do a lot of stuff for different charities. We just did a charity show on Saturday uh, for the hospital foundation here in town. And that kind of, being able to do that kind of thing is just so rewarding. It's so um, fulfilling to be able to give to your community and uh, um, in a way that's substantial and, and attracts you know, more more money than I could take out of my pocket. That's for sure. By, by having, you know, a big event and allow people to come in and, and contribute to that cause. So uh, doing more of that, I think is, is, is a goal. And in order to do that, you have to be able to, uh, you know, sustain yourself. So uh, we'd need to you know, grow the projects to, to the point where we're making enough money. So it's, you know, things like licensing deals and, uh, uh, TV and video games and, and so on. And of course, you know, uh, record sales are practically non-existent these days, but we need to have 87 million streams in order to make a buck or two. Right. But yes. we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yep. One, just one day at a time, as yeah. long as we don't give up, it's, it's, it has to happen. It just, I feel yeah. that's uh, how I feel is it just has to, we have so much in the hopper right now that's waiting to be released with respect to music. We got so many releases uh, coming that we should be able to do something maybe every other month, have a new release and another new release and another new release and keep feeding that so that then, uh, you know, the, uh, the streams increase, the, the notoriety of the band increases. So then uh, we're getting calls to do uh, better paying shows so that again, we can make this our full time. That's it. And a lot of people find their inspiration totally different and where to bring it from and push it through into their career themselves. But there's nothing more understanding. When we ask you about that very heavy question, I did part of you there and say, what is success? A lot of people don't understand what that success means when it's up there in front of them and they're heading to it. And yeah. as you said, a successful day could be taking on a day where you've helped a hospital you know, you've just helped somebody give money that's giving you a self-reward, self-healing yeah. that's going to be good for yourself. But not just that, that you've seen that as a success. And, you know, like you say, you're saying, I know you're giggling with the money aspect and that. And But on a serious note, once you've worked there, it, it does come. But getting there, you've still got to understand little bits are success or towards part of the bigger picture. And yeah, it's sure. not all going to come so fast. Yeah. It's about it's about persistent. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, so we're going to take um, a listen now to one of your songs, which is one of your more recent songs, which is "Growing Up" is optional. Um, we will come back and we'll have a little chat about that. Um, so let's take a listen. Let's go. All right. Sounds good. <laughs>
Okay, so we've just heard growing up is optional. Um, could you tell us a little bit about growing up is optional and how that came about? Um, <laughs> well, the uh, it's it's definitely meant to be a fun, you know, party time song. Um, the uh, the general kind of message is that you know, okay, you're an adult, but <laughs> like it's. It's, we have no choice but to get older, but it is it is a choice to grow up or not. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's, it's just a message that, hey, you know what, don't be so quick to grow up. Like, you don't need to, right? We don't have to be absolutely proper a, a thousand percent at the time. Um, we can go out and we can have fun and we can get a little silly and we can, you know, look a little... Well, I mean, <laughs> a little strange <laughs> when individual. we leave our houses. Like, like, like an, like an individual. individual. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's a better way to Sitting put it. Sitting in is a trap. It is, yeah. <laughs> An adulthood is a trap. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, um, that's my take on it anyway. I think, yeah, for, for me, it's just just because you're an adult doesn't mean you can't have fun anymore. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's that, it's that whole cheeky attitude. It's, uh, you know... Um, well, the, the song starts out with belch and, uh, we've had some mixed reaction over that, but yeah. mostly positive. Most, most people are like, wow, that's, that's wow. That's yeah. a little crazy, yeah. but awesome, but crazy. But it, it's so funny when we hear it on the radio here on the local radio station, it, it, it never ceases to crack me up that they always lead with the belch. Yeah. They don't, they don't cut it out. And I, I was so expecting them to do that, to just yeah. <laughs> start at the beginning of the actual song. But no, they leave the belt in. I'm like, right on, guys. That's, that, that's the whole spirit of the song is to be silly and, and a little bit inappropriate. It's good that you can take that from um, the song. Um, I found it myself chilling but left a message. So, like, I was chilled through it, but I wanted to – listen and find out more the whole time I was listening. Like, what more are you going to give me there? <laughs> the whole right. time I heard it. Um, but no, I've heard it a few times now, and it's more catching me. I'm getting It's a catchy song. Right. You can learn the words very quickly, so I like that. Yeah. I'm not right. great at learning words sometimes. <laughs> 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 it's, I'm one of them that are in the car that sing the wrong words, and everyone's like... Right. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about that the other day, about the, the misheard lyrics, so... Yeah. <laughs> I could come up with some good ones. Um, but I was talking to you before about how we were using social media a little bit more now. How important do you think that is now to our art and indie bands now? Oh, my God. It's the it's the lifeline. You have to have a social media presence as an independent artist. Yeah. There, there's, there's no two ways about it. Um, being visible and, uh, and being active on social media is extremely important uh and the benefits are huge i mean we wouldn't have um been on this podcast this interview if it weren't for social media mm-hmm. um we've met so many different uh people and bands and acts from all around the world by going into different groups and listening to different people's stuff and commenting on it and um, we've made some really good friendships, actually, that, that cross 
international borders. Okay. Yeah, there are so many bands that I want to play with now. That I didn't <laughs> right. know <existed. laughs> exactly. And and you know what? There's there's all this breadth of of talent and influence and different uh, different styles and ideas, and it's it's so liberating um, mm-hmm. to be able to to kind of go out there and find that and and, and hear that, and then course there's that affirmation uh, that comes back to you as well when you see people commenting on your stuff or sharing your stuff or whatever and and um and really enjoying it and 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 that's i mean that's a huge part of it as well is being able to do that right Mm -hmm. and uh and i mean social media as well that it, it makes you more accessible as an artist and there's no such thing as privacy anymore there's no mystery anymore around um bigger names like I'm sure Elton John and uh, has, has um, social media and uh, Rihanna of course does and anybody in between um, and so we know what everybody's eating for breakfast in the morning <laughs> I'll just put it that way and it, and you know it's true and um, it's it's almost like if you're not accessible then there's like what are you hiding I feel like that's the shift now is like if you're not on social media and you're not sharing your life with everybody that wants to follow you and your art, um, then what's what's going on there? So I feel like there's been maybe some suspicion that um, wouldn't have been there before because, of course, before um, musicians and actors and actresses and everybody in that kind of in the entertainment business, everybody's life life was a um, a mystery, right? We didn't know anything about them. So, you know, along came Twitter and, um, and then, you know, everybody had a Twitter account. And then uh, from there, it just kind of became a whole new thing where, hey, guess what? Everyone's accessible now. Even Tom Cruise. I mean, that's just a name that I plucked out of the sky. But I mean, you know, and I don't even know if he's on social media or not. We should probably check him out. <laughs> See if he's suspicious or not. He's suspicious. <laughs> I just, I feel like it, it makes the world a smaller place. Mm-hmm. You, you get to meet people and hear music and, and stuff that you never would get a chance to otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. The connectivity is, is really something just um, being able to go on Facebook or Instagram or wherever and scroll and just see what comes up. I mean, um even if it's, you know, stumbling across a group, like a music group on social media, you know, you join that group and start a conversation and see what other people are up to. It's just, it's so cool. Well, even for things like advertising, right? So advertising shows coming up there, you go to your socials, you post an event, you go and you invite people individually. Mm-hmm. Um, you go into groups in the area where you're going to be playing to try to get people to to see that there's this show and why they should be there. Um, there's all sorts of different things that are accessible to you there. And then there's other things like finding out, okay, well, where are people listening to their music? Who's an influencer in that area? Uh, how do you contact that person? Is it going to be a good fit for your music? I mean, we've been very lucky. We uh, It's only been over the last few months that I've really started working on trying to get uh, out on internet radio and we've been played in the UK and Germany and France, Australia, uh, all across the U.S. Uh, and in Canada over the last few months on um, 
there's a couple of different uh, internet radio stations that we've been on, and it's it's just been phenomenal. And then finding other artists on those channels, because of course, you, you have to listen to your your own show. When you're on a show, you got to listen to the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just some amazing people out there that are doing really really cool things. And some of these people, you know, like they they only have 150 followers or 200 followers or whatever. And it's like, wow, how do why don't more people know about this band? They're, they're awesome. And then having the opportunity, we do a, a, a posting of, of a band of the week and uh, we highlight a band. We started that in, uh, this year and we highlight a band that we know or that we're familiar with or that we've met online. And uh, people seem to be re- responding to that quite a bit. And, and hopefully people are finding, um, finding new bands through that and finding music that they can connect with. We're the, we're the new Columbia house. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But we, we won't, we won't keep spamming you and sending you CDs and then demanding you pay. <laughs> but no, social media has just been, like you say, it has blown everybody up, but again, it's, it's dependent on your blend. So there's, there's enough out there for everybody. Um, there's there's so much of it now and like you say sometimes you hear somebody and you're looking at their followers and that just really doesn't ignite what you're hearing in your head and you're like why are they not where I think they should be it's exactly there's so so many people out there with that concept yeah for sure you can answer our next one (laughs) so I'm gonna go with now for some people they have ups and downs in music so this is always a question that's going to be more personal, I'd say. Um, what is it that you like most and least about being a musician? Um, well, the thing that I like the most about being a musician um, is, is the people and the journey um, and the creative process. I think all of those kind of... Those are my top three, I think, is those three things. And um, the thing that I like the least about my life as a musician, you know what? I'm going to say that a good day at the office is still not as good as a bad day doing music. Um, it's it's in my blood. It's... Um, it's a passion. It's what I love to do. And I've done it for a long time. Um, and, and actually for a long time, I didn't really have any aspirations to do much with it. Like that came with time, right? You know, I wasn't six years old and thinking I want to, you know, do what I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, as I progressed through life, it just kept gnawing at me. The music just kept gnawing at me. And um, and so I really just can't put it down. So that's, I, I don't think that there's anything that I don't really like about life as a musician. I, I guess if I had to pick one thing, put a gun to my head, um, it would have to be playing a bunch of nighttime shows in a row and then having to play an afternoon show or a late morning show at the end of that string of late nights. 
there's no routine. <laughs> so, yeah, you kind of get sleep when um, when you can and um, try and bring the energy, even if you're really tired the next day. And, yeah, that's that's kind of what it comes down to for me. I think for me, it's um, when when we're playing a show and I look up and I see like the first few rows of people dancing and having a good time. And I can think to myself, like, I, I'm doing that. Like, I'm part of the reason why these people are up dancing and enjoying themselves and having a great time. And then I think the worst part would probably be it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I just played drums for four hours. And now I have to spend two hours taking gear down and dragging it out to the van. And I'm tired and I'm hungry and I just want to go to bed. But even that's not bad. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's worth it to be able to, to have the good things from, yeah, from before leading up to it. Yeah. yeah, a bad day playing music is better than a good day doing most things. I just said that. Right? You were gone and I just said that. Same way like a good concept. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the best thing for me is, is when somebody comes over and goes, you know, that song really means something to me. That's, uh, that's a great feeling. And uh, I mean, the, the hardest part of it, the, the toughest part, the part that can be a little bit discouraging is the financial. Trying to, uh, trying to get paid what, what you're worth is uh, very, 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 very difficult. And um, there's a lot of places that are still paying like 1980s, 1970s uh, rates or not at all. A lot of places uh, I've promoted so many shows over the last 20 years. Um, and in most of the urban centers, you're playing for door. So whatever you can sell your tickets for at the door. And most places will only put you on if you've got three or four bands playing in the night. So the door split three or four ways. And, you know, you're... Your door cost is ten dollars, say, and people are coming on ten dollars. Uh, I can't, I don't want to pay ten dollars to get it, uh, but they'll pay twelve dollars for uh, uh, a drink, right? And uh, you know, you end up with thirty people in the bar, so that's three hundred dollars divided by four. That's seventy-five dollars per band. Three people in the band, twenty-five dollars each. That's one hundred and twenty dollars to put gas in the in the van. I mean, it's it's a long way to the top, right? Yeah, financially, it's a, it's a losing battle financially, but yeah. um, we, we hope that that will turn around, and it is slowly. Yeah, it we're is getting slowly. there. We're getting, yeah. We are getting there. There's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we're, we're, become, <laughs> what? we're, beca <laughs> we're becoming better known, especially in our, in our local geographical area, and it's funny. We went to two hours away. Our first uh, show um, in this particular town just last week, and uh, we did that. We were invited. Uh, the person that was organizing that lives there now used to be from King Carden, so she wanted someone from uh, this area, and she she asked us, and and we were very flattered. But I mean, it, we we played for gas money basically for that show. Um, but the, the owner of the bar was like, wow, you guys are awesome. I have to have you back. And now we're, we're in negotiation. Uh, we're not going to be playing for gas money the next time we go there. So, I mean, there is, there is light, there's light at the end of the tunnel for sure. 
That's in. It's all a process, isn't it? It Everybody is. Yeah. Misses the idea that there is a process. It's not all just going to get thrown at you <laughs> because you say. And luckily, we're we're in a position where we can we can take a couple of risks, and we can we can like I don't want to do it every every week or even once a month, but we can go somewhere and and play, and and it costs us, and it's not devastating. Like we can we can handle that as long as it's not every show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because you still got to enjoy it and not worry about everything else that's under there as well. That's exactly. Uh, organized part so you've been doing shows you just said you're talking about the show that you've just done for a charity show when you're doing all of your shows or any festivals or wherever you go what are you thinking when you're in front of your audience where are your minds going there um i'm mentally i'm always about five seconds maybe 10 seconds in the future because I'm thinking about the song, I'm thinking about the words, and I'm thinking about what I need to do next to keep the show going without um, messing anything up or, you know, um, forgetting that I have to trigger distortion on my guitar or or whatever. I, I try to keep my performances like just really spot on. But then, you know, sometimes too, um, I just kind of go somewhere else, like, uh, sometimes we'll start a song and if I'm really familiar with it, can play it in my sleep, then I'll just disappear. And um, then we'll get to the end of the song and I'll be like, wait, did we do that? Did we just, <laughs> is, is it over? <laughs> okay. Let's get back to being focused and uh, trying to be, you know, five to 10 seconds ahead of us, like where we are. So that's usually where my mind goes when, um, when I'm in front of an audience. And um, for the first little bit, I feel anxious, but that's, I mean, that's good because it just means I care about the performance and uh, everyone having a good time. And uh, yeah, my mind also just goes somewhere else if I'm feeling anxious. So um, it's a mix between those two things. I'm either really focused on what I'm doing and trying to interact with the crowd at the same time, or I just go somewhere else. Um, for me, because of my self-confidence issues, I'm usually thinking like, don't screw up, don't screw up, don't screw up. And then we start playing and I'm like, okay, what if they don't like us? But then I look up and people are dancing and everyone's having a good time. And then I just, I relax and I enjoy the rest of it. And I'm getting to a point now where I'm less anxious and more excited before we play a show. Yeah. Just because, you know, no one's booed us off stage yet. So nope. that's what yeah. <laughs> what kind of music do you play here? We play both kinds, country and western. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not for every audience. No. <laughs> we'll put it that way. But we try. <laughs> but we, we try. We do try. Yeah. yeah. We try. Well, I mean, we've had we we live in a in a rural area and we've had a couple of house parties that we've played and people have shown up with cowboy hats and cowboy boots on. And uh I'll tease them a little bit. And uh <laughs> You know, we, we do like to interact with the crowd quite a bit, uh, myself particularly. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call out, who likes country music? And we'll get a couple of whoops and yeehaws. And I'll go, well, you guys are going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but we have one country song that we do. So that, that seems to keep everybody happy. Mm -hmm. uh, but m my main thing, whenever I'm on stage, um, I'm more focused on what's happening in the crowd. I, I'm looking for those opportunities to really connect. 
and uh, um, make it so that it's personal for those people that are that are there and, and create the show and uh, and engage that audience so um, so that they feel like they're they are the most important person in that room at that point or that they are, are having an experience that they're not going to get with uh, you know another another performance or another show. I want it to be special. When you're going to get in front of an audience, like like Mike saying at the beginning, there it's it could be very very hard to get your confidence, um, but then that can like hold you back. Um, mm-hmm. But seeing you still go through those motions and push through, you've got your band behind you, they're right next to you, they're they're egging you on the whole time, keeping you going. Um, it's always nice to see everybody bounce off each other in a band and understand that that person might just need that extra uplift. Um, But that doesn't mean, like you say, you haven't got anxious yourself there, Andrew, in the beginning, and you're looking and you're making sure they're happy in their stance, but getting to know your audience can be hard as well. I can imagine when you're trying to break through what audience... Yeah, there's been a couple of shows. We did a show for... um, for a company uh, company party, it was the year end party, and it got postponed and postponed. So it happened in April. This was just after COVID, and so we got up and we we started doing our thing. And this is a farmers collective, and um, they great people, but there were about 120 people in the room, maybe. And we start doing our thing, and and we're uh, we're playing, and and everybody in the room kind of gravitates towards the bar at the far end of the room and there's like this little pocket of about seven people dancing or we're playing along I'm like did we just stop like yeah I, I actually I turned to Terry <laughs> at one point and I said uh should we just like pack up and go home like I don't know if anyone's really really enjoying this like but at the end of the day people were were just um dying for interaction with each other it mm-hmm. wasn't about us yeah they were dying for that interaction with their coworkers that they that they hadn't had in two years and, uh, you know, we, it is a small town and, uh, I ran into uh, a person that had been there, um, it, you know, just at a retail store in town and, and, um, uh, they were very, very enthusiastic and, uh, oh, everybody loved the show and you guys are great and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, okay, well, yeah, I guess, we're, I guess we are doing something right. Yeah. And I guess people did have fun. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 But realizing that to carry on as well, isn't it? A lot of people forget that to just carry on and it's okay to, because like you said, they were carrying on talking because they needed to catch up. You can't always read everybody's room, but just carrying on and pushing through. I've heard a lot of bands say the same. They've turned up to some things and be like, oh my God, do we carry on? And they have. And then good stuff's come from that. But when you get that crowd in for yourselves and you can just let go, that's got to be an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Yeah. At that point, if the if it feels like the audience isn't terribly receptive to us for whatever reason, like it doesn't happen often, but you know the the few times that it has happened, you know we at that point it's like okay, guys, it's a live practice, you know, yeah. like I'm I'm gonna have fun with you you guys these two, and then um, you know anyone else that wants to have fun with us, go for it. Um, but yeah, we, we show up and we're on time and we're professional and we do a good job. And I know that every single time because we um, we always get positive feedback and, um, you know, people saying, oh, we have to do this again. Like if it's a private party, oh, we got to hire you again, like later yeah. and stuff. So 
yeah, it's um, it's just getting past that initial like, oh, do they like us? I don't know. <laughs> keep positive, but keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you've done shows around your area, and you've gone places in that manner. Have you been in any competitions? Um, yeah, we've actually been in a few. I've been in a lot of competitions over my lifetime, um, well before getting into this band. Um, so I was in a rotary contest, so like playing the clarinet and singing solo stuff. Um, and then as a band, oh, well, actually, no, before the band, I also entered a, a songwriting contest and I took second place and there was... Um, a bundle of uh, there was a microphone and a recording interface and some software for recording and stuff that I got out of that. Um, so you know, just in, in different areas, um, different opportunities to do uh, a contest. You know, I've kind of done that. But when we got together in the band, um, we ended up well, Terry. <laughs> Terry's like. I want to enter us now and figure out logistics later. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he he entered us into um, an opening act contest, which if we had won, um, we would have gone to the Super Bowl, Hollywood, the Hollywood, Hollywood Bowl. sorry, the Hollywood Bowl, excuse me, in L.A. And we would have opened for some of the greats, including Alanis Morissette, yeah, Alanis, Garbage, and Weezer, and um, yeah. a bunch of great bands. And anyway, we um, we didn't win that one, but we did finish in the top eight out of how many there were 15,000. So 15,000 bands had entered this contest and we finished in top eight. So 15,000 got through to actually be voted on. Okay. There were over 22,000 that entered. Okay. So I didn't uh, know those numbers yeah. totally, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty big accomplishment. They sent us a little package of stuff to say, you know, congratulations for making it this far. So we did get a couple of prizes out of that one. Um, and we did a, a TV show as well called the Tailgate Talent Show. Um, and that was uh, another one that Terry entered us in. And so we, we showed up for the, um, the one episode uh, for recording that. And we moved on to the finale. Um, but the finale was unfortunately scheduled to be recorded the same day that Terry was emceeing a wedding. So um, we maintain that it's our uh, replacement basis's fault that we didn't take for his place. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. <laughs> and, and his name is Richard, and Richard knows that we love him. And we're just kidding. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah. It's totally his fault. We, we, came in, we came in second place for the, uh, the finale. Um, I, well, we were told it was a very, very, very close um, yeah. race yeah. For, between us and the winner. Yeah. We, we, who is phenomenal. She's yeah. a great person and we, we love her. Yeah. She's actually become a friend of ours. Very good friend so. of ours. Yeah. 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 She's wonderful. You've actually done really amazing there in some really top competitions. It's like I don't see a lot of people who do lots of competitions at all. And yeah, that's that's really big. Well, news. one of the first things that I did with my other band, with Martian Rebel, when uh, when we first started 20 years ago, was I entered us in a competition and I found that it really pushed us. It pushed us with our writing and it pushed us with our performance chops. And um, it really kind of gave us some validation and confidence as well that we could go further and, and you know, approach 
club owners and say, hey, we did this thing and this is how far we got and so you should hire us. And I find the same thing with this. We've received some notoriety, some local notoriety. We're on the front page of the newspaper, which was pretty awesome. That's been a few times. Yeah, a couple of times. It's, oh, it's old news now. <laughs> <laughs> Paparazzi at the end of the driveway, right? But uh, <laughs> that's, that's my mom. <laughs> yeah, your mom at the end of the driveway. She's awesome. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I find, it, it, I find as an artist, it pushes you to do more and and you know there's there's a real uh danger of becoming complacent of becoming stagnant of just sitting and and being comfortable with doing oh well we can do two shows a month uh for you know 600 bucks or whatever and that's fine that's good but then you never know how far you can actually get mm-hmm. so um the rule now if terry wants to enter us into any kind of contest we need to look at the logistics first because had we won the um, Hollywood Bowl contest, uh, these visas, the visas were the visas the, were a stumbling point. Yeah, the visas definitely would have been a stumbling point. Um, I also didn't have a passport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Details. We we could have worked that out. And so he's a big picture. Terry's a big picture thinker, and I'm a details-oriented person. Yeah, like we complement each other. Um, I drive her he, crazy. Yes, yes. He's like, woo! And I'm like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> no, no, we're going. Figure out how to put brakes on the train later. <laughs> like you said, it's a really good idea to keep the, the zest in the in the band and headed for something and, like you say, get a bit complacent um, within yourself. So that is definitely a good idea to keep pushing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got... All of everything that we spoke about in your history and how we've managed to come across everything. What are your plans for the coming months now? What's going to be new? Um, so I'm, I'm working on the next singles that will be available on streaming sites. Um, we have a ton of shows coming up. We're booked until New Year's, New Year's Eve. Yep. Um, with the exception of, you know, the odd day on on a weekend here and there um we um what else is coming up well it's, it, releasing the singles is the big thing yeah. we're also looking at video mm-hmm. yeah uh mike's taking the lead on on developing some videos for us so we're we're excited about having some more video representation we do have a, a pretty good uh, YouTube channel with uh, a bunch of live video on it and other, and other fun things on there too. Uh, but it'll be nice to flesh some of that out. Um, I'm looking forward to 2024 and 2025. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to do more bookings. If there's people with festivals that want to have us on stage this year, we're doing, we did the Barry waterfront festival. We're doing King Carden Scottish fest. We're doing, uh, Godrich Summer Music Fest. We're doing the Harborside Festival in uh, Lion's Head. We're doing the Soggy and Shore Summer Music Festival. Um, we're doing the Pumpkin Festival out in Port Elgin. There's all sorts of different stuff we're doing this year, but we're looking to expand beyond this area as well and get onto. Uh, we really love doing festival stages. They're they're so much fun, and you get you get to see so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the easiest load-in ever. <laughs> it, yeah, there's there's a lot of that. We we do full show. So when we roll up to a to a spot, 
we can do everything as long as there's uh, at least three different circuits for us to plug into. Yeah. Um, the only thing we don't have to roll up with is generators and, and, uh, and a stage. So we need a spot and, and electricity, but we do sound lights. Um, we have some, some fun uh, special features that come out during, during our shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have 10 foot tall dancers that dance with people. They're awesome. Uh, we do, uh, we shoot bubbles at people. Of course we have the fog, we have lasers, we have all that kind of stuff. Beach balls. balls, There's all kinds of fun stuff to interact with the, uh, with the crowds. So it's, it's, it's not just, you're not just there to watch three people play music. You're there to have a good time and, and, and interact. So it's, it's supposed to be more of an experience of a sit back and watch. Kind of thing. I'm a big fan of, of bands like Kiss and The Flaming Lips and Alice Cooper, and uh, in that they put on a show. It's a big. It's an event. You're, you're not just going to listen to music. You're going to experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important. And when we're we're doing the fun things that we do, it should be fun. It should be fun in more ways than just for your ears. I thought of one other thing that I'm planning on doing um, over the next few months, and that is uh, education. So I'm, you know, I, I think all of all of us are looking to just get better versed in things like licensing and royalties and, um, <clears throat> you know, different things, different areas of the music industry that make the whole industry go round. Yeah. Um Growing, streaming, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so so like de- development that way, just understanding things better. I mean, I went to school for this stuff, but it's been a while, um, so I'm a little rusty, and um, so I want to really kind of hone in on that again and understand it again the way that I used to. Um, and I also um, want to learn, keep learning about um, music production, so like in studio production. I actually just finished a three-day course on um, fixing a mix, um, which which was quite good. So, um, yeah, just you know, little things like that. Anything that can help us get better um, at what we're doing. That's that's. Um, I think that's kind of the goal. So you you know, when we're not playing shows. Yeah. You're Sorry. Loaded. I said, so you guys are pretty loaded for the next few years, then. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully that's it's going to reciprocate, and we're going to see you know the fruits of the labor. You can't you can't go out and harvest if you haven't planted the seeds and watered the watered your crops, right? So you have to keep doing the work so you can get the benefit of it. And we got a pretty aggressive timelines as well. So it's uh, you know I I I've been playing music for 25 years. Uh, I'm not a spring chicken. Um, and I don't have 20 years to develop, so we need to, uh, we need to get going. And, and I think we're on a good pace as it is, is keeping that pace. Well, talking about everything that's coming up, um, I'd like to hit one of the songs now that, well, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but on my opinion, I, I love what it stands for. It's, it's a really good song. So what it's called is Misfit. And we are going to come back again like we did before and have a little talk about it. Um, So let's go. All right. Okay, sounds good.
So we've just been listening to Misfit, and we all want to know how did this brilliant song with such a big message start? Um, so Misfit, uh, it definitely came uh, from the depths of my being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um, I did not feel like I fit in as a kid, and anyone that knew me would tell you that. <laughs> um. And, you know, it's really, really tough to feel like you're supposed to fit into this box. Like you're supposed to be like this and you're supposed to look like that. And you're supposed to want to want this thing or not want that thing or like this thing or not like that thing. And I just never fit in. And so, you know, I, I would often be by myself, um, you know, especially at recess and, um, I was very proud to call myself a loner for a long time, even though um, when I was in school, a loner was actually an insult that you could, like that was a name that you could call somebody if you wanted to insult them. So I, I kind of owned it and I tried to make it, you know, not such a bad thing. And anyway, you know, here, here I am years later 
And I have a really great band and I'm very, very blessed in a lot of ways. Um, and the life that I have is just awesome. And it's very different from anyone else that I know. And um, yeah, anyway, uh, Misfit just kind of came out of what I wish somebody would have told me, I guess, as a kid. And the second verse in particular, the lyrics, um, they always stand out to me as being my very favorite lyrics that I've written so far for the band. And, the, and those lyrics are, um, I see you there trying to fit into a box that can't handle it, can't handle your heart, can't handle your mind because they are too big and you are too bright. Um, so, you know, that's, I mean, that's the message that I, I really want kids today and teenagers and anybody, anyone that feels like they don't fit in. I just, I want those words to really, really land and stick. So yeah, that's, um, that's where Misfit came from. It's very personal to me. Um, and it was the second, was it the second song that I came up with? I think so. Yeah. I think that was the second song you came up with. Yeah. First one was Shake It Off. Yeah. yeah. So, and that one's not out yet. But not out. That's um Teaser. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's where it came from. I know like for me growing up, um, I didn't really play sports or do any of the stuff that a lot of the other kids did. And so I wasn't, didn't really have a group of friends that I enjoyed spending my time with. So when I got to high school, I ended up, I, I belonged to the group of those of us who didn't belong anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, the, all of us that didn't have any, any other groups to hang out with, we all hung out together and it was fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, some, some of those, some of those guys are still my friends today, like, you know, 20, 25 years later. And yeah, I, I still go for coffee with Sean once a week. Right. Yep. Yep. You know, and it's just, yep. yeah. And it was just all kind of born out of, a lot of us that didn't didn't fit in anywhere else and had no desire to right yeah yeah and that that's um well you and I were similar in that way uh, Mike and I we go back a long time um I mean you're a few years older than me so we were in different grades but we did hang out in the same circle of misfits basically um so yeah and I know exactly what he's talking about because I was there and I saw it and, it and it was that kind of thing like we just you know, you kind of hit a point where you're like, well, uh, like if you don't, if you want me to be like you, I'm not going to be like you. And I guess I'm just not going to care about that. And I'm just going to go be who I am and I'm going to go hang out with people that will just accept that person for who they are. People always think that they need to fit in, but really it's fitting in with yourself. I think knowing yourself and just, you will find your people. They will, yep. they are there somewhere. You will find them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's the it's the people that are unique, that are interesting, that are different, that are remembered and that are celebrated at the end of the day. It's not, you know, Joe Q normal, Mr. I do the same thing as everybody else. It's not not that guy. It's the person that's different. Misfits really stand, Misfit just really stands well for that, doesn't it? It's right. It's mm -hmm. yeah. But with that, it's it, it there's a message in it and it is deep. But there is fun within that perspective that there is a way to enjoy that music and if there's liveliness there to enjoy along it with the hope there. Totally. For sure. We, we, we hope to spread joy and positivity and um, confidence in self as well is a big thing yeah. for us. 
And and it's funny because, you know, I've I've had friends in the past that I'm like, you know, you're and I'm I'm still friends with some of them today, uh, and and they're like physically beautiful. And but they would say the same thing, like, oh well I I didn't really I, I felt self-conscious for this reason or that reason, or like, you know, I, I didn't, I felt like I didn't fit in for this reason or that reason. And so, you know, it's really important that, you know, as we, as we go through life and as we encounter new people, it is not, don't, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, at some point, everybody has felt small or insignificant or, um, like an outcast or made fun of or um, self-conscious about something. And so in that sense, we are all misfits. And so this, this song really is for everybody. It's a perfect way to get that message out. It's great. I enjoy it. Lovely. We're coming to the end of our interview now. Um, all right. Have our next is question. And it's our favorite, so I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I would say to a younger me, don't let your low self-esteem or self-image stop you from putting yourself out there. Nobody sees your shortcomings, your shortcomings, I'm saying in quotations, your shortcomings, no one sees those the way that you do. Some good advice. I think I would just go back and say, don't, don't be so afraid of everything. Like, don't be afraid to get up on that stage. Don't be afraid to go talk to those people. Don't be afraid to, to go to this place. Like, I think I lived a lot of my life just kind of holding back. And I kind of wish I hadn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think for me, well, uh, embrace your mistakes and uh, know that learning from those is going to take you to better places and um, invest in Bitcoin when it's only $500. Help a lot of us. <laughs> and sell at 50,000. <laughs> a lot of us missed out there completely. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> well, we've heard a lot about what you've done and where you go. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we get your merch links and find out where you're next going to be? Well, I will answer this one. The, the easiest way to find us is to go to boilerbeach.ca, and you will find all sorts of information there. Uh, there's a tour page where we're... Uh, we're looking ahead and we're seeing tour in our future. We call it the tour page, and that's where all of our appearances are listed. You can see where we're going to be. Um, there's also a shop there with all of our merchandise where you can buy Boiler Beach beach balls. You can buy sunglasses, T-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, uh, beach blankets. Uh, sorry, what? Tooks. Tooks and hats. I'm going to make some pasta sauce and put that up there. I don't know. Well, <laughs> we're continually, we're continually expanding our line of, of products. Uh, I never knew I'd be running a t-shirt store, but here we are. And um, as for socials, uh, again, on the website, there's links, but I mean, you can find us everywhere. 
Facebook is our most active social. Uh, that's um, facebook.com slash boiler beach band. We have to put the band on there. Otherwise, it just takes you to the beach. Um, and then, of course, on Instagram as well as at boiler beach band. Uh, Twitter, for some reason, is uh, beach boiler at beach boiler. <laughs> Mike? We don't know what happened. Uh, no idea. Mike? <laughs> Uh, we are on TikTok. We're looking to expand our TikTok presence, but we are on TikTok as well. Uh, Spotify, we're on Spotify. Please go to Spotify, 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 follow and like and playlist our music. Uh, I, I, I promise you, you're going to like it. Yeah, we've got three singles up on streaming sites right now. Yeah, and uh, so Spotify, uh, they're on Apple Music, they're on Amazon, uh, we're, we're just trying to get out there as, as much as we can. We want as many people to experience the boiler beach fun. Um, we just got on Deezer, which I didn't know was a thing until about two weeks ago. Uh, apparently that's a, a European thing, right? It's, uh, uh, out of France. So we're on Deezer as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we're just constantly trying to expand. But we uh, we do a blog as well. It's usually about once a month. I'll put a uh, a blog post up. Actually, I'm a little overdue. I'll probably do that tonight um, to talk about what's coming up and what has been. And um, there's a mailing list that you can you can send us a um, a note through the uh, website on our contact us our talk to us page, and then you can get on that mailing list and you can find out everything that we're we're doing. You can get more information about us than you could possibly want to know. And of course, we want everyone that's listening tonight or today or whatever time it is over there. Um, <laughs> we want everybody to come and say hi to us. We want to meet all sorts of people and, yep. um, you know, see what we can do in this crazy life. <laughs> that's it. And you should all make sure you follow them up. Um, we've already been, um, we've had a few cheeky drops there of some songs. So thank you for those little mishaps. <laughs> no problem. No problem. <laughs> but no, thank you ever so much for coming and speaking with Nixus today, Nixus podcast. We've had great fun. Um, and all of the journey that you've come along individually and as a band, it's been great to meet you all today. Well, we appreciate you uh, doing this and having independent artists on the show yes. to uh, to let people know what we're about. And it's so important that independent artists support each other and lift each other up. And this is a great way uh, to do that. I think it's uh, it's fantastic what the community is doing and what uh, the Nexus podcast in particular is doing. So it's great. Kudos to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks okay. for having us. Oh, thank you. Okay, so don't forget to find Nix's podcast on Facebook, Spotify, Insta, and there's much more. Thank you for listening to Nix's podcast, Aims for the Stars, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.